Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Houston Community College System versus Wilson. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Argued November 2nd, 2021. Decided March 24th, 2022. If you'd like to support the podcast, please stay tuned to the end of the podcast. In 2013, David Wilson was elected to the Board of Trustees of the Houston Community College System. HCC, a public entity that operates various community colleges. Mr. Wilson often disagreed with the board about the best interests of HCC, and he brought multiple lawsuits challenging the board's actions. By 2016, these escalating disagreements led the board to reprimand Mr. Wilson publicly. Mr. Wilson continued to charge the board in media outlets as well as in state court actions, with violating its ethical rules and bylaws. At a 2018 meeting, the board adopted another public resolution, this one censoring Mr. Wilson and stating that Mr. Wilson's conduct was not consistent with the best interests of the college and not only inappropriate, but reprehensible. The board imposed penalties in addition to the verbal censure, among them deeming Mr. Wilson ineligible for board officer positions during 2018. Mr. Wilson amended the pleadings in one of his pending state court lawsuits to add claims against HCC and the trustees under 42 U.S.C. Section 1983, asserting that the board's censure violated the First Amendment. The case was removed to federal court, and the district court granted HCC's motion to dismiss the complaint, concluding that Mr. Wilson lacked standing under Article 3. On appeal, a panel of the Fifth Circuit reversed, holding that Mr. Wilson had standing and that his complaint stated a viable First Amendment claim. The Fifth Circuit concluded that a verbal reprimand against an elected official for speech addressing a matter of public concern is an actionable First Amendment claim under Section 1983. HCC sought review in this court of the Fifth Circuit's judgment that Mr. Wilson may pursue a First Amendment claim based on a purely verbal censure. Uh, Supreme Court held, decision below is uh, reversed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion. Held. Mr. Wilson does not possess an actionable First Amendment claim arising from the board's purely verbal censure. The First Amendment prohibits laws abridging the freedom of speech. When faced with a dispute about the Constitution's meaning or application, long settled and established practice is a consideration of great weight. That's the pocket veto case. That principle poses a problem for Mr. Wilson because elected bodies in this country have long exercised the power to censure censure their members as early as colonial times. The power of assemblies to censor their members was assumed. And as many examples show, Congress has censored members not only for objectionable speech directed at fellow members, but also for comments to the media public remarks disclosing confidential information, and conduct or speech thought damaging to the nation. Censures have often or have also proven common at the state and local level. In fact, 
No one before the court has cited any evidence suggesting that a purely verbal censure, analogous to Mr. Wilson's, has ever been widely considered offensive to the First Amendment. Instead, when it comes to disagreements of this sort, long-standing practice suggests an understanding of the First Amendment that permits free speech on both sides and for every faction on any side. That's uh, Thomas versus Collins, Justice Jackson concurrence. What history suggests, the court's contemporary doctrine confirms. A plaintiff like Mr. Wilson, pursuing a First Amendment retaliation claim, must show that the government took an adverse action in response to his speech that would not have been taken absent the retaliatory motive. That's uh, Nieves versus Bartlett. To distinguish material from immaterial adverse actions, lower courts have taken various approaches. But any fair assessment of the materiality of the board's conduct in this case must account for at least two things. First, Mr. Wilson was an elected official. Elected representatives are expected to shoulder a degree of criticism about their public service from their constituents and their peers, and to continue exercising their free speech rights when the criticism comes. Second, the only adverse action at issue before this court is itself a form of speech from Mr. Wilson's colleagues that concerns the conduct of public office. The First Amendment surely promotes an elected representative like Mr. Wilson, or promises an elected representative like Mr. Wilson the right to speak freely on questions of government policy, but it cannot be used as a weapon to silence other representatives seeking to do the same. The censor at issue before us was a form of speech by elected representatives concerning the public conduct of another elected representative. Everyone involved was an equal member of the same deliberative body. The censure did not prevent Mr. Wilson from doing his job. It did not deny him any privilege of office. And Mr. Wilson does not allege it was defamatory. Given the features of Mr. Wilson's case, the board's censure does not qualify as a materially adverse action capable of deterring Mr. Wilson from exercising his own right to speak. Mr. Wilson's countervailing account of the court's precedent in history rests on a strained analogy between censure and exclusion from office. While Congress possesses no power to exclude duly elected representatives who satisfy the prerequisites for office prescribed in Article I of the Constitution, the power to exclude and the power to issue other lesser forms of discipline are not fungible under the Constitution. That's uh, Powell versus McCormick. The differences between censure and exclusion from office undermine Mr. Wilson's attempt to rely on either Bond versus Floyd or the historical example he cites involving John Wilkes, uh, both of which involved exclusion from office. Neither history nor this court's precedents support finding a viable First Amendment claim here. The decision is reversed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Uh, if you'd like to support me, uh, you can get a hold of me at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com, find a PayPal link in the show notes, or just drop me a line and uh, I'll tell you my other stuff.